Welcome to the Momgasm Podcast. Blending motherhood, self-connection, sensuality, and pleasure. Normalizing what it means to be a mother and a sexual being. Surprise, bitches! We have a bonus episode for you today because we just love you all so fucking much. In this episode, we interviewed Ellen Denny. She is a playwright of Pleasureville, a feminist sex comedy currently running here in Halifax. This is also Ellen's debut as a playwright, and the cast and the crew are female and non-binary people, which is so fucking inspiring. We, of course, talked about the play, her research, the reaction from her friends and family, and why she chose to write a feminist sex comedy. After the interview, we then gave our honest review of the play after being invited to the opening night. Pleasureville is playing now here at Neptune Theatres in Halifax from October 1st to the 20th, so get your sweet ass there. But first, enjoy this episode. It's super fucking exciting. Yay. I was so I was so stoked that we we got to come and do this and that we get to come to the show. Yay! Yeah, that I'm really excited about. Yes. I'm so so excited. I've never been to a play ever. What? Well, okay, I, that that's a bit of a lie. I did go to like plays with my husband when he was in university. So like university productions at Saint Effects. Yep. Yep. But like never at Neptune. So this is like wow, so exciting. Like, that's like, really exciting. Big, and like big girl moment. This play is like so up my freaking alley. Like yeah. feminist sex comedy. Like mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. it was written for us. <laughs> <laughs> honestly. Honestly. Like 100%. Yeah. Just just for me. You did it just for me. Yeah, that's a great that's a great start for your Neptune experience, I would right? say. Right? Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Orgasmic right out of the gate. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! But um, but yeah, tell us um, tell well, us a little bit more about yourself. First of all, thank you for being here. Number one, thanks for having me. Thank you for like giving us some of your time, which I imagine must be so valuable as you're like coming into crunch time. Today is a busy day. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, you know, podcast rehearsal, shooting a promo video later. Yeah, it's all happening. You know, <laughs> decide to sleep when it's over. So. Uh, yeah. We feel that, but ours is never over. There is no end date. Yeah. 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 It's just all day. Forever. Every day. For the rest of our lives. (laughs) I was was referring to uh, my situations drowning in baby tears earlier today. It's been my life lately. Tears and diapers. Tears, diapers, and orgasms. Yeah, there you go. That about sums up my life right now. Yeah. Which could be worse. It could be worse. Could be worse. Yeah. We're super stoked that you are here and that you're giving us some of your time and... Before yeah. we get into all things play, which is what you were going to say, mm-hmm. we would love to know a little more about you. Um, I was born in London, Ontario, mm-hmm. and I came to Halifax to go to Dow. I studied music and theater. My big sister had moved here when I was in high school, so I kind of that's what made me consider Halifax. And then uh, I came out and visited her. I toured the campus. I loved all the ivy-covered buildings I was yeah, in. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, so I came out here and I and I did my degree and I loved it. Like I think Halifax for both my sister and I feels like a little bit where our souls were born. Mm. Um, 
And then when I left university, I started working pretty much right out the gate as an actor, and I've worked mostly full-time doing that for the past seven years. Nice. Yeah. So that kind of has taken me away from Halifax. I don't live here anymore. I live in Toronto. It's just a it's a bit easier to be yeah. based there when you're trying to make a living acting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been back many times. I've done a lot of shows at Neptune since. So it's been great to have a reason to come back all the time. And mm-hmm. yeah, I love the East Coast. And then a couple of years ago, I guess five years ago, I got I started my first play. So that kind of opened up the, the writing side of things. But for a while, that was just a thing I did late at night, me and my computer. And um, that was a different project called Wonder, which is about my great-great-aunt, who was Canada's first female nuclear physicist. What? Yeah, her name was Harriet Brooks. So I was really passionate, I still am, uh, really passionate about telling her story, and that got me writing, because I thought, well, I think I should be the one to write this play. You know, I have this idea, I'm her descendant, I'm really passionate about it, and yeah, that got me writing, and then I loved it, and here we are on play number two, and since written, been a part of a short musical project as well, um, and and continuing acting as well. Awesome! Nice. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome! Holy crap! How old are you? Sorry, <laughs> I'm 28. Wow, man, it's so funny because this morning I literally wow. thought, will they ask me how old I am? Wow. <laughs> normally no, we don't. Just, I feel like normally, normally we don't. Normally we don't. But everything you just said, I don't I'm have like, makeup on. Holy, so that's that's a lot. Mm. Yeah. When did you? So did you say? Five years ago, you started writing that play about your yes. great-great-aunt? Yes. Wow. Yes. So that's been an on-and-off journey. Years ago. I've never been a part of a project so long. Like, it's got another... That project's got probably another two years, I'd say, at least, wow. before I consider it completed, like, before I see it through to that first pr- premiere. So, yeah, launching a Kickstarter for that um, awesome. tomorrow. Uh, so oh, we're always, oh, just tomorrow. Yeah, we're always looking for the money. Yeah, so yesterday I was editing videos for that. And, yeah, it keeps me real busy. I was going to say, I'm like, uh, I felt busy, and then you started talking. Yeah. I'm like, no, maybe I'm not. No, maybe. freelance artists just sort of work nonstop. Nonstop. Like, you yeah. go home from work, and then you work some yep. more. Yep. Um, yep. And then when there's the additional thing, like, you know, I have friends with children in, in the arts and industry and I'm just I actually don't know how they do it so that's yeah and when I think about you know parenting is something I definitely want to do down the line and when I think about that I'm like oh where is the space for that in, in you my just life? don't sleep you know it's just you just don't sleep yeah see but as much as as much as like it is incredibly or can feel incredibly hard to to still be yourself through parenting mm-hmm. it is possible like, oh, it totally it's is possible. One hundred percent. Exhausting. Yeah. You're not going to get ten hours of sleep every single night, but that's just Unless, a sacrifice for your passion. I mean, I don't get that now. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> then you're good. You're then you're set. good. Yeah. You're good. You're good. That's oh. like the biggest initiation there into parenthood go. is like go. losing sleep. <laughs> like right? what is sleep? Honestly, yeah. I yeah. Like I need a shirt that just says that. What, what is, is sleep? What, what is sleep? <laughs> Baby, just let me. Just let me. Sleep. sleep. <laughs> I was really confused with where you were going with that for a minute, and then I caught it. Well done, friend. Oh my god. Okay. Anyway, let's yeah. get back on track. That's me. That's that's the, that's what I've been up to. It's been, it's been a good ride. I've been uh, I've been I've been lucky to have the opportunities I've had and yeah. work across Canada, and I love what yeah. I do very much. So. Man, that's freaking awesome. Yeah, so this is your this is your first production then as a playwright, right? Yes, this is my professional debut. Ooh. It's a big moment. Yes. Yeah, very surreal. Say, how does that feel? Uh, it feels both insane and weirdly normal. Like yeah. I think uh, maybe it's a sense of 
being ready and it's yeah. it's a it's a familiar theater I know mm -hmm. the people here so there's a yeah. lot of love and comfort in this building um, however once in a while I just have this moment where I'm like wait what's happening like or I see the marquee as I'm walking in and it's mm -hmm. like Pleasureville by Ellen Denny and I'm <gasps> like what's happening in my life right now this is insane yep. uh, so I'm, try I'm trying to be aware and savor that you know bottle it up because you don't get these moments all the time yep. and, uh, and sometimes you never get these moments like I it just I think when I it was so sappy but when I posted the uh thing on Instagram when it got announced I was like you know it's a rare thing when a dream comes true and mm. that's that's totally this this moment for me is getting getting produced as a playwright is like a dream I didn't know if it would ever happen so but it's, it's happening. happening now fucking pussy power yes. oh yes <laughs> like no like we need more of this like you're 20 mm. years old you this is your first production like what like, I know Honestly, like, congratulations. My roommate yeah. from my Dow days is like, she's like, imagine we could tell baby Ellen this was going to happen. Oh. <laughs> it's true. She would not believe. She would oh not believe. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. We've said that about ourselves. It's like where we are right oh, now. Oh, fuck yeah. Like, yeah, it's just. Especially in the last six months. It's, it's like mm. there have been so many mm -hmm. pinch me moments. Yeah. Where, again, like yeah. you described it so perfectly where it's, it's that, like, this both feels completely and totally normal. Like I'm just like putting a glove on meant mm -hmm. to be, but at the same time, what the actual fuck? Yeah. Holy crap, this is like out of body experience amazing at the same time. Like yeah. it's yeah. really strange, but also feels incredibly good, mm -hmm. right? Oh yeah. That's like, you must be feeling a lot of that with the retreat. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. We're, we have a retreat coming up next weekend, a women's retreat. Um, and it's the first retreat that I've ever been to, but also the first retreat that I've ever hosted. Mm -hmm. Lindsay's a veteran at it, so like she kind of was okay, like, third, we can do this, we can retreat, do this. I don't think is okay, veteran status. But in my realm, <laughs> not you my, are the veteran. Not my first rodeo. <laughs> right. But I very much like the first retreat that I had, I did. I 100% had that feeling where it's like, oh, this is exactly everything I'm meant to be doing, mm -hmm. but also, whoa, yeah. how did we get here? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, there's this, there is definitely a wave of empowering women that is happening right now, and it's like gaining momentum more and more and more, and especially like, the thing that I love about Halifax, actually my husband and I lived in London, Ontario for oh, really? a year, okay. yeah, when he was doing his master's at Western, and when we moved there, I missed Halifax so mm. fucking much, because I, I felt like I was leaving it at a time when things were starting to gain traction with like, mm. women's empowerment and rights, and and queer rights and like everything. And then I came back, we moved back, I had two sons, and then Lindsay and I got on this, and every time we've met with a woman, all of them have been like, you know, there is something happening in this city right now. And I think it's not just a city, but like all over the world. And women are starting to rise up into these like powerful positions. And I feel like I'm meeting like a powerful woman almost daily. Oh, yeah. Like the other day That's I met best. a young woman and she was like, yeah, I'm going to be like a neuroscientist or biologist or doctor or something. I was like, yes! <laughs> I was like, yes! Yeah, I was, I mean, I was speaking with the students at Dal yesterday, and um, this young woman came up to me after and said, you know, I'm also a playwright, and she, she's in her undergrad, and she's like, yeah, I've had a couple readings, and I was like, look, at, like, you know, she's that much further along the line at yeah. such a young age, and wow. I, and I told her, I think it's a great moment, I think it's a great moment to be a female playwright, especially mm. a young female playwright, I think people are actually 
looking to foster those mm -hmm. voices. So, mm -hmm. I mean, how lucky, I guess, to be born at the right time, really. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, you, your director is also a woman. It's, her name is Annie Valentina. That's right. right? Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. badass. You'd love her too. Yeah. So two women at the helm. Like, mm -hmm. this is awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, this project is, is uh, packed. Packed with strong women. Oh, yeah. Back to the girls with pussy. Yeah. Yeah. Pussy. Yeah. Nice. So tell us about Pleasureville, then. We want to, yeah. for our What's, listeners. What is yeah. this all about? Pleasureville, so it's a contemporary comedy, and it's set in a small town, and it's about a young woman from the city trying to move there and open a sex shop. Yeah. And all that uh, unfolds <laughs> due to that. Yeah. So in it, she's, like, facing a lot of stigmas and taboos or I mean, shame. Her, yeah, her idea going into it is yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna blast the stigmas out of the water. I'm going to enlighten these kind rural people, and uh, you know as the play unfolds, it really becomes about her learning about her own blind spots. Yes. Uh, yeah. So you know her learning about true allyship and oh, you know yeah. kind of letting go of her own idea of wokeness and all of that. Oh. Yeah. yeah, so kind of, yeah, she becomes, in a way, I think of her as both the hero and the villain uh, of the piece. Like, I'm a big fan of Jane Austen and um, her book, Emma, it, yeah. I find is like that in that, you know, it's Emma has that sort of savior matchmaker complex going on and then has to learn to mm -hmm. check that and, yeah. and listen to people. And yeah, so I think there's a lot of that going on for Leah and, um, and then there's two friendships uh, that we see Leah in throughout the play, and how um, how those are challenged by what she's by her actions, and mm. yeah, it's oh. it's really it's a lot of fun. Like there's a lot of laughs, but I think people will be surprised by kind of some of the conversations that it takes on about mm. intersectional feminism mm -hmm. and um, yeah, and allyship and you know generational intergenerational friendship and yeah. That's that I'm like yeah. even more excited to go now <laughs> yeah. because this is something I mean, especially with what we're doing and what I've been doing for many years, we're very much in the time and space where we have to challenge these things and we yeah. have to start looking at like the internalized racism and mm -hmm. and how our society and structure is built in a way that perpetuates this racism that so many of us are not aware of and this ageism and this classism and all of these things. And when you do step into a space of leadership in any sort of position, which we're doing with this show for sure, like we've had to, to be continuously checking ourselves and mm -hmm. continuously being in that space of wanting to expand and grow and be more inclusive in everything that we're doing. Mm -hmm. So I love that this is a big part of the show. And my, I guess my question would be why comedy? Oh, I when I started this project, so it was, all about kind of it not being my first play. Mm. Um, my first play is this uh, historical drama. Uh, you know, it's set in 1906. There's a lot of research to do behind it. Mm. The language is slightly different. Um, so when I decided to write my second play, I really wanted it to be something that was very different. Mm. Um, so I wanted something contemporary, and I also wanted to write something that was highly producible. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, huh. you know what? Let's be conscious about this. Smart. <laughs> off the bat, like yeah. what is something that, you know, theaters are looking to produce and there's um, there's a lot of 
great new Canadian work out there, but I've heard from artistic directors sometimes that there's, you know, they're getting a lot of great dramas thrown at them, but they're looking for more comedy. Mm. So that was in the back of my mind. And, and I also really wanted to practice writing comedy. Like, I think it's, mm. a, it's an incredible art form, um, mm. and there is so much to be done with it. Um, yeah. Yeah, where you kind of trick people into big conversations because you're having a fun laugh. Oh my god, Uh, I love that you just said this because this is exactly the point that I wanted to like pull out, Mm -hmm. or I was gonna that was gonna be my follow up question. Is is that a part of the decision? I think so. Yeah, I think that's a great space to get people in before the learning. (laughs) Hundred percent. And I know, I know for me, uh, and one of the reasons that I love to include comedy and laughter and joy and fun is because it it softens people into an environment. Totally. Right? It gives them that, like, feeling like they can, that they're welcome in a space, and then you have more of the opportunity to drop the bigger questions or Mm -hmm. push them a little bit more Mm -hmm. and and then hope that they leave and then continue the conversation that they probably otherwise wouldn't have had. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That was very well said. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I'm just like, just taking that in for a sec. I was like, yeah, wow. Oh, well said, friend. Well said. <laughs> Sometimes I just drop some fucking wisdom. <laughs> the problem is I can't retain the wisdom because I don't sleep you anymore. just drop it and leave it. That's why I'm really glad that we're recording the majority of our conversations now. Right, so I get I to know. go back and listen to my own, my own podcast. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that was smart. I should remember that. Don't remember saying it. Go me. It's like an audio diary. Really. It really is. Yeah. It absolutely. really, really, really is. Um, but to play off of your question mm. of why comedy, what I wanted to know is, like, what inspired you to write this play, Pleasureville? Like, why a feminist sex comedy? Like, where did all this come from? Um, I think they were, it's hard to think back, really, because I sort of don't remember writing this play. Like, it, 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 I feel like it was my easy child. Like, I just birthed it. It yep. was just born, yeah. and it has raised itself, and uh, I call my, my plays my play babies. So, um, but I, I think I had had the idea about a small-town sex shop for a while. Mm-hmm. Like, I was curious I was curious about what it would be like to open a sex shop in a place with very little privacy and what impact that would have and I the only thing I can think back to like why I would have even thought about that is as a child like our idea of a family vacation was like to drive to a small town and stay in a and b like we didn't go to Disney World same so I feel like I was kind of aware of that kind of small town Canadiana Mm -hmm. vibe despite and then having all of these ideas about it because I'm mostly an urban person, yeah. right? So um, I, ki- I think that was the jumping off point. It was like the, the difference between those communities and then, of course, my preconceived notions, mm-hmm, which yeah. are uh, incorrect, uh, from being mostly a rural person, or, sorry, an urban person. Um, but what's been interesting is in my acting career, it's taken me to a lot of small towns. So mm. I have started to get some exposure and spend like a couple months in a, in a small town, and I've really loved that experience. So... Yeah, so that was part of the sort of initial concept I think had been stewing for a long time. And then that felt like an excellent vehicle for this thing that I wanted to try, mm. which was writing a super accessible comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then and then the other things that the show became about, that, that was all surprise. Like, that was all the characters revealing to mm. me what they wanted to talk about, mm-hmm. you know, it, that felt much less conscious. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm definitely passionate about showing 
women on stage um, and people of all genders uh, getting to talk about sexuality. I think mm. that's something that's kind of not being done enough yet in theater. We see it mm. more, I think, in film and TV. Mm. Um, but in yeah. my experience as a young actor, like I play a lot of sweet ingenues um, whose sexuality is just not on the table. Yeah. You know, it's not discussed. It ends with a kiss, and and it's not about like showing sex on stage necessarily. No. It's about acknowledging that people have sexuality, you know, mm. and that young women have sexuality, and mm. that that's not dirty or wrong. Yeah. Um, exactly. So I was excited about I was excited about showing that, and then. Um, you know, as the other characters became clearer to me, um, I was excited about the opportunities of showing what sexuality was for them as well. So, mm. so this play, though, like, is this concentrating on female sexuality, or is it more of a broader sense, like including kind of everyone's sexuality and just talking about mm. all the different stigmas? I mean, there's three characters: two identify as female, one mm -hmm. identifies as non-binary. So, oh, okay. yeah, so those are the sort of th the three viewpoints that mm -hmm. the play jumps off from. Um, there's a, and as the two female identifying characters, one's in their 20s, one's in their 60s. Oh, so sorry. two different perspectives there as well. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, that makes me so happy. I love that. Yes, because <sighs> talking to like my mother about mm -hmm. her sexuality yeah. is still such a taboo subject. <laughs> like it's easy, I mean, we're coming up against motherhood and sexuality, yeah. but then there's a whole other sense when you get into ageism and menopause and what does that do to a female body mm -hmm. and how do, how do they represent themselves? Where do they even see themselves, to mm -hmm. be completely honest? If they, you know, Grace and Frankie, the show. Have you watched Grace and Frankie? No, but my friend tells oh. me that we are them. Yeah, you need to. You, you <laughs> so, need yeah. to watch it. You need to yeah. watch Grace and Frankie, and that it for feels me, like, it feels like us in like honestly forty yeah. years. Yeah, and that was That's such a huge said the same thing. Yeah. yeah, it was. You know, nothing's ever been done in that realm, Grace and Frankie, anyway, right. with that kind of female sexuality of that yeah. age. So hearing that you have a six-year-old woman. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, 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 yes. It was yes, very yes, funny. Yes, yes. I mean, my mom read the play because I wanted, I, you know, here is, you know, a woman of that age that yeah, I want yeah, her perspective. Yeah. And so she read it and it was just, we like, we started talking and then both of us were like, okay, this is uncomfortable and we're working through it. Here yes. we go. Um, yeah, but I did find it hard to to even just find, I have a lot of older female friends, but it, we don't talk about sex yeah. um, the same way I talk about it with sort of friends closer to my age. Mm. So I did try to, you know, open up and find those opportunities for those conversations as I was writing the piece because I felt that was obviously really important and because it's not, it's not my lived experience, you know? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, well, speaking of that, I yeah. was going to say, you wanted to ask about research for the play too. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. Um, I actually, okay, I'll be completely honest. Went I totally creeped you last <laughs> night. 100%. Okay, and I will make you feel better. You were 100. doing your job and doing researching. My job, but then I literally got sucked creep. the fuck in. Full and I was like, holy I'm so shit, what did you really discover? interesting. And I'm like going through it. And I'm like, okay, all right. And then you posted something. <laughs> I can't believe I'm admitting this. I, I can't. Why I can't. Not? I can't. Well, why I can't. not? I mean, this is the day and age. We all creep each you know, other. You know, I, I always admit these things. Like, so I fully went yeah. down the Google rabbit hole. <laughs> it's just weird that we're in this day and age now where like, like it's socially acceptable uh, to say to someone, I stalked you online. Yes, totally. Right? Because yeah. like back in the day in the 90s, if you stalk someone, 
that okay. was an issue. Yeah. Well, still is today. <laughs> but, uh, no, yeah, it has but a like, different meaning it's now. a totally different yeah. meaning. There is a dual meaning now. Anyway, yeah. back to this. Okay, so you discovered. So I discovered you. Yes. And I was like going through and everything. I was like, oh shit, yeah, fuck. Oh, London, Ontario. Oh, cool. Blah, 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 blah. And then I saw that you posted something about researching for the play. And it was this link to um, leading Canadians mm. in uh, sexual research. And I was like, then I got really sucked in. I was like, oh my God. And I was, then I, this is my question. What research did you do for the play? Yes. I mean, I will admit this was a much less research-based project than my other than one. Your, yeah, um, for sure. However, I, I wanted to make sure I talked to sex researchers mm-hmm. um, just because the, the main character, Leah, uh, has gone to grad school and studied human sexuality. Mm-hmm. So, I wanted, so I connected with um, Dr. Natalie Rosen at Dow, who's going to be a part of our panel discussion event. Oh. Um, and I said, you know, I'd love to talk to some of your grad students to just talk about the experience of, of you know, being a graduate student in this field. So she connected me to some awesome people. So I, I did have some great conversations with um, a couple women who have been, you know, doing research in this field. Mm. And that was awesome. Like, and, mm. and I was hearing about, you know, what it's like to be at a party and say, oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm and then yeah. how do you finish that yeah, sentence? Yeah, and, yeah. and them having to navigate, like, is this a person that is going to ask right. a bunch of questions about my sex life when I say I'm a sex yeah. researcher? You know, yeah. and are these people going to respect my boundaries? And um, yeah. just having to kind of the ways in which they would maybe skirt those conversations at times and be like, yeah. I'm a family researcher, you know, and not right. kind of. So that was really interesting uh, to discuss. I also ended up talking to someone in administration at that um, at that clinic at Dow because I was looking for older women to talk to so they yeah. can and I had a wonderful conversation with her she's been sort of adjacent to the field for a long long time oh, okay. um, and she was super open and talking with me um, and then I read a lot of articles online uh, about sexuality I mean the the character one of them really wants to work for vice and be like a writer yes. so I read a lot of vice articles uh, yes. you know and how we vice talk about awesome. sex and then I also sometimes yeah, sometimes. Exactly. Sometimes. 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 very not awesome. That's very true. It comes up. Um, and then I also read a lot about uh, sex and aging because, again, that was sort of the thing that I don't have the experience in. So um, I read a really interesting article that talked about how actually people uh, over, I can't remember if it was like over the age of 50 or 60 or whatever, but that they their rates of sex were much higher mm. than, than people mm. in their 20s, yeah. um, which I found really fascinating and yeah, it's just not something that gets talked about or shown enough. And I don't know why people want to believe in a world where you stop right? having sex when you turn right. 40 or, or something. Like, like, why when you, you have kids. Yeah. Why, like, I don't, I don't understand Seems what so it is. bleak. Right? But it's the story that so many of us are fed. Yeah. And this is why I love, mm-hmm. like, productions like what mm-hmm. you're doing and podcasts that talk about the reality of yes. sex and yeah. living as a sexual person mm-hmm. yeah. so I le- read lots of you know wonderful interviews with with older couples and just older folks of of all backgrounds talking about you know yeah we still have sex too and it's awesome yeah. 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 here's all the ways it's even better and yeah. like this one couple we're talking about like now we're retired we have way more time oh my god I you know look forward I mean? to that yeah shit. it's not so gonna lie. nice yeah so not nice. gonna lie I'm like full-grown babies retired mm-hmm. all of the time to mm-hmm. have all of there it is. Mm-hmm. My Google search history has been profoundly affected by this project. <laughs> 
Uh, I can just see the weird Facebook yeah, ads that are popping yeah, up now. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Wish is probably targeting you for so oh many sex God. toys and lingerie. Uh, Fucking wish. Fucking wish. <laughs> um, this might be a little bit of a personal question, but and you don't have to answer it if you don't want to. Um, but while you were doing your research and like while you were writing the play, did you kind of discover anything about yourself or your sexuality or maybe your boundaries or mm. what you would like for your safe space or what you need for a safe space? Like, did it make you question anything in yourself? Huh. I mean, I don't know if it made me question anything, but I do think, um, of course, parts of my own experiences are in the play. Mm. So there was something cathartic about that. Um, It's interesting because that's its sort of playwright secret. It's like, you know, Mm. what is in there that speaks to my own experience Mm. and and what is made up? Because, of course, it's, it's a big old mishmash Um, but it's sort of in a way it's like a safe way for me to share my truth through all of those characters Um, so that's felt really good yeah Yeah, because I think there's been an opportunity to talk about things that um, you know through and through these characters instead of having having to go oh you know there's like an anonymity to it which is really nice so that's been really cool um I think, I think more on the other side, people who know me would not have expected this play to come from me. Really? So I feel like there's more of a discovery and surprise on the other side mm-hmm. of like, uh, because I think in life, like the characters I play and sort of how I'm perceived, like I see the sort of little bit of surprise behind the eyes when I say like I'm writing a play about a sex shop. Like mm-hmm. people are like, Ellen's writing a play about a sex shop, what which is awesome. Ellen? Like I love, I love kind of that. A little bit of shock factor. I can totally relate to that. When I started telling Mm. friends and family that we were doing Momgasm podcast, that, I mean, I guess you don't really expect anyone to come out and be like, I'm doing X, Y, and Z in the sex, you know, realm. Right? Like, yeah. you just don't expect that. You know that everyone is a sexual Unless person. It's me. And I, like, okay. I think people expected okay. it from me. All right. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> just some of us, you know, just like, this is just the next progression for that crazy chick. That's fine. Oh, she's found her place. Right? At last. Like, all oh, this there is why is. she's naked online all the yeah. time. God damn it. <laughs> So you're the exception. Most people. But I can totally relate Um, to that. And there was like, every time that I told someone, yeah, I'm doing a podcast about motherhood and sexuality, there was like this moment. And they're like, I'm trying not to change Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, okay, all right. How do we we continue this conversation where they still feel comfortable, right? Because sex is a complex issue. Yeah. Right? Not everyone is that open to talk about it. Not everyone's going to be that open to want to sit in it. But... I was going to say sit in the audience, but when you add comedy, yeah. mm-hmm. it relaxes you completely. Yeah. And I think that is like the number one thing to use in really any sort of realm that is challenging the status quo or mm. just like uncovering something that we all think about, we all feel, we all do, we all fuck. Mm-hmm. But like, how come we don't talk no, no. about it? Not all of us fuck. It's true. Not all of it's us, true. but yeah. the ones that don't, let's talk about it. I yeah. bet they're not even fucking talking about it. And this is important to continue these conversations, no matter how uncomfortable it really is. Yeah. Right? 
you know, that conversation between you and your mom. Oh my gosh. Right? Yeah. Like every, t yeah. you know, the conversations that I'm having with my mom are getting easier and easier. She's mm. actually agreed to come I'm on the so podcast. Ooh, that's I exciting. Know. It's gonna be so I wish my mom could come on the podcast. <laughs> that would be fascinating to hear. I was going to say, I was like, I want to hear the conversations totally. that you guys had. Right? Yeah. Well, she, I mean, I found it really interesting. She spoke about. Uh, sex shops and as a space that she I don't think she's ever entered mm. and she and I asked you know have you ever wanted to enter a sex shop and she said yeah I have uh, but I've never done I, I haven't ever acted on that um, mm. yeah which I found super super interesting and like you should take your mom to a sex shop okay you should take her to Venus Envy right because that's like the it's most the approachable it's the dream. amazing sex shop yeah. ever I mean I talk about Absolutely. them on the show frequently because I just love them because they're they're like a bookstore mm -hmm. plus sex shop. I think right? that right? I think that even just you know coming here for university and becoming aware of Venus Envy and mm. that being really the first sex shop of that kind that I ever encountered mm -hmm. left a huge impression on right? me. And I think that that's a huge part of how this play ended up coming yes. to be. And I'm so thrilled that they're involved yes. for that reason because they they feel so much a part of the genesis of it. And yeah, and that's exactly the kind of thing that this character wants to open. You know, yes. like that is her ideal, based. and you know, in, instead we watch the fallout of what actually happens. But I think, um, yeah, she has she has amazing intentions uh, mm. to build something beautiful. But like it's that. and I love that that brings up the conversation of impact over intention, which mm. is a really important mm -hmm. conversation yeah, to have. Totally, there's not some not enough people are having. <laughs> no, <laughs> so no, yeah, because you can have every good intention in the Absolutely. world and royally fuck shit up. Yeah. And, and we all need to be in this space, no matter what we're doing, to be able to recognize when we do fall short. And, and it's really then, scary. It's really scary oh when you get told that, you know. Terrifying. Um, and to have to to have to absorb that instead of get mm. defensive. Right? Yeah. Because it mm. it calls into question your entire identity mm -hmm. when we're met with that, oh well, actually you're causing harm in all of these different ways. Yeah. But that's not what I wanted to do, so it's mm -hmm. fine, right? Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> Let's like actually be proactive mm -hmm. and, and make the change and have the, the, the harder conversations so that your impact can then match your intention. Mm -hmm. Which is ugh, a lot of a lot of uncomfortable work. Comfortable work, but mm -hmm. so important. Yes, so that's definitely. like love that that's coming to the forefront. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a couple conversations in the show that we all feel a little icky after, mm. and, and I think that's good, you know, because most of the time you just are having a great laugh, and then yeah, and then things get a little. You're like, oh, I feel really uncomfy that this is being discussed, and yeah. that's exactly you know what it needs to right? be. So. Exactly. so in those moments afterwards, do you guys kind of have like a like an open circle where, or like some kind of like decompression time mm. where you share, or is there any sort of like you're taking responsibility for people's emotions is what I'm trying to say. Totally. I'm not saying it in a very saying, great way. Are you saying like specifically for the team of actors and people that are involved yes. in the place? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. No, I, I was following perfectly. Um, I'm, I'm really happy that Annie Valentine is directing this because Annie is someone who I think shows terrific allyship. I, she has, um, an excellent skill set for creating a safe room. Mm. Right. Um, so we it doesn't necessarily happen right after we do a scene, but we start every day by, you know, just going in the center of the room, sitting in a circle and talking oh. about where we're at. Mm. And which is not something that usually happens yeah. in my experience in theater rehearsals. Um, and I think that that's allowed for the whole process to just feel I have really goosebumps. safe. That and is comfy. really fucking beautiful. Yeah, mm. it's really nice. Yeah. It's really, really nice. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and then we just, you know, usually stretch and breathe a little bit together before we start the day. And, and everybody does that, you know. It's mm, not just yeah. the um, the actors. And we don't mm. just sit there watching the actors do that. So That's awesome. Yeah, and I, it's a really positive room. Um, and I, it feels like a space, and I, I hope the actors feel this, I think they do, that um, at any point they could say, you know, stop, and mm. I need to either step out. And, and Annie also kind of said that on the first day, like at any time if you need to step out, if you need to stop and talk about something, like that's that's all cool in this space. So, awesome. yeah. yeah. It's an important it's step felt, up. Yes, it's felt really good in that sense. I love that you guys are doing that. Yeah. That's incredible. Like anybody yeah. who's listening to this, who's in the theater industry, <laughs> take note, friends. Circle time. Yeah, yeah, take yeah, note. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a good Honestly, time. I mean, we should be doing that in every kind of facet where we're working together. And if we're having these difficult conversations, it should be that moment where afterwards, you know, you kind of come together and you're like, okay, is everyone okay? Like, yeah, how are yeah, we yeah. feeling about this? Let's like move the emotions through our body sort of thing. Because mm-hmm. yeah, in this day and age right now where so many amazing conversations are happening and so many amazing movements and narratives that we're challenging and we need to make space to make sure that we're allowing for healing to happen as well. Rather than just processing, right? right. Yeah. Because mm. a lot, because yeah, we're dealing with a lot lately, I find. Like everyone I'm talking to, I don't know why, I don't know if you've experienced this, but there's something in the ethers right now where we're all kind of like shifting through like this old crap and we're like letting go of it and we're like welcoming these in these new narratives and these new ideas and we're all kind of like expanding and changing. I'm getting like really I was like you're getting right now. witchy right I'm now. I'm really sorry. Um, <laughs> Don't apologize. Witchy woo woo. Sarah's letting her spiritual freak out. I love it. Save it for the weekend. Save it for the retreat. I was like it is the weekend. <laughs> I meant the retreat weekend. I can't. This is every day. This is every day. Every day. Every day. I got my crystals in my pants. No. Do you actually? No, not really. Oh, not really. damn. I was really not hoping really. you were going to like pull a crystal dildo out or something like that. <laughs> that would have been the best ever. That? I could actually. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I guess I guess a good question because we're like getting near, getting near the end there. Um, what, is, what are your plans for this after? Are right. there plans? Like, um, what will happen once the show has happened? You've had that moment of celebration mm-hmm. and victory, and you've watched it play out night after night. What is what is? Well, after? I mean, I will leave after opening, which is what? which is weird. How does I'm that used feel? To being the actor who stays till the end, <laughs> um, but after opening, it's. Uh, I depart and then I go to Portugal with my partner for three oh, well, weeks so okay. hard life yeah. uh, I'm very much looking forward to it it's been a busy year uh, but um, I will let let go I will let go of it and the actors will continue on this journey until the end of October um, but my I mean my sincere hope is that the play will have further life so uh, especially I would love for it to go to other parts of Canada yeah. um, you know it, to Ontario would be great so that more my more of my friends and family could see it um, yeah so I I will certainly be sending the play out and saying like look it had this production at Neptune and you know would you like to take a look at the script and obviously you know in the industry it, I have certain ideas of which theaters it's a better yeah, fit yeah, for. Yeah. It's not a great fit for every theater. Mm-hmm. Um, no play is, but so I'll be, you know, with that in mind, targeting specific theaters that I really think it mm-hmm. would suit their audience and their mandate. And then hopefully there's another production. But I mean, 
at this point, like the goal is just to get this sucker open. Like yeah. it's like a very focused goal. Mm. <laughs> Annie and focused I are both hustle. like hustle. we have these just these <laughs> blinders. blinders on. Yeah, yeah, where it's just get this <laughs> get this thing going, and and it's kind of nice to just be able to live in the present. Like I was freaking out about some audition the other day, and my boyfriend was like, uh, you know you have like only a couple more weeks to enjoy being a playwright for the first time so maybe it's okay if you just do that yeah. you know instead of worrying that you didn't do that audition and I was like wise you're human. right yeah he is wise yeah Man. yeah hell yeah um I don't think we asked this yet which I meant to earlier is who is this play for hmm that's a really interesting question because I think uh there's a there is a certain uh, section of society who tend to be the theater goers in this mm. country right now, um, and that is predominantly sort of older white people, usually women. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's obviously a big movement to try to change that and to mm. try to make sure that theaters feel wel welcoming and are accessible to a larger <laughs> swath of society. Yes. How important is that? Mm. Um, so I guess I hope that I hope that the genderqueer community feels mm. welcome in coming to see this and seeing themselves represented. Um, it's, you know, the first openly non-binary character on Neptune's stage. And, and I really hope that lots of young people come and see it because it is a play, you know, predominantly about young people and it's really written in their voice. Mm. There's lots of, you know, texting conversations and it's yes. been so fun to really write in my own vernacular. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think ultimately, you know, a lot of the conversation and learning like Annie and I've talked about this is not a show where uh you know the wonderful gender queer community from Halifax is going to come and learn something they already yeah. know this right mm -hmm. there is something there's a conversation that we want to share with the people maybe we don't want to be preaching to the choir yeah right? we really want to share it with with folks who might not have heard this language before who yeah. might not know what non-binary means who mm -hmm. might not know what intersectional feminism yeah. is actually asking uh, mm -hmm. to be you mm -hmm. know so I think, in a way, it's exactly who's coming to the theater is who we want to see this yeah. this piece. Mm. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to experience the audience reaction. Like this play is entirely new; it hasn't had mm. a play for Annie and I about yeah. what's landing and what the journey is for the audience when they don't know what's going to mm. come at them. So. I'm really excited that we get to be there, oh, like that we get to take this all in. Yeah, and um, yeah, just like. A, celebrate what you guys are doing and yep. and also enjoy the shit out of it because yep. it's it just sounds so so what is needed right now and also like an enjoyable fucking time yeah like I think right? like you super know fun. it's a great night out that's my sense right now just because <laughs> we laugh a lot and there's yeah. a lot of funny physical comedy with yes. uh, sex toys so yes! yeah yeah <gasps> Just on that base level is a good time. Oh my god, I'm yeah. so fucking pumped. I'm so fucking pumped. Um, I feel like we could talk to you for a thousand years, but you yeah. have a lot of shit to do. You do. Oh, gotta go have circle time. Right? Yeah. Start rehearsal. <laughs> uh, but thank you so much. Thank, thank you, you so, 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 so much for gifting us your time and talking about this amazing play that you've written and having us come to the show and all of the goodness. Mm -hmm. uh, is there anything else you wanted to add before before we wrap I up? I mean, just come see the show. I think yes. That's, that's the, mm -hmm. yeah, right. I hope that Halifax comes out and, and embraces this world premiere because, you know, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a great thing that Neptune's starting to do world premieres. That's kind of a new thing for them. So mm -hmm. I think, 
I hope that it really lands with Halifax audiences. Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. Me too. Yeah. Well, with that. With that. Peace. Peace love and a whole lot of cum. And a whole lot of cum. Right? <laughs> but we're cutting this into another thing, so I don't know. And there you go. There was our interview with Ellen. She was an absolute gem to talk to and just an all around fantastic human being. We were so excited to see her on opening night and to feel the excitement with her. It was just an incredible night. But without further ado, here is our review. Enjoy. Pleasureville. What'd you think? First, oh, I was gonna say first thoughts, but first you beat thoughts. me. You beat me to it. Uh, and don't give me what you told that guy. <laughs> it wasn't that embarrassing. <laughs> wow. I didn't say it was embarrassing. Wow. Way to make me feel so ashamed. What? In this moment. No, this is a judgment-free zone right now. I don't feel like it is. <laughs> I feel like I should also like re-announce myself as Lindsay since I don't really sound like myself. Yeah, you sound very deep. I'm getting there. I'm getting back to me. Yeah. But fuck. Uh, first thoughts, it was delightful. Like that would be the best word that I think mm -hmm. I could use for it. It was delightful. Mm -hmm. uh, it was funny. It was good. It was interesting. And it also made you think and get uncomfortable mm -hmm. and there was a giant dick so I'm sold <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was it was so good I, I I think when I went in there I was expecting and I know that Ellen was talking about that there was going to be some uh, serious moments intermingled with comedy and and for whatever reason I went in there just kind of thinking it was going to be comedy mm. like uh, that's what I was expecting. And then when the difficult conversations came up about um, pronouns, Sorry, about gender, me. about um, ageism, about feminism, it, uh, it was refreshing. Mm. It was soothing. It was reaffirming. And it's just exactly what we need today in mm. mainstream media and in mainstream theater. I mean, I do not go to the theater. I am not a theater junkie, a theater nerd. In no way do I... I really don't know a whole lot about theater. Um, I know there's a lot of people around the world singing Hamilton. I don't even know what the fuck that is. I just know that it's a theater play thing. But what I do kind of know is that... What I do kind of know... <laughs> Is that this play is definitely... This bitch knows a little. Bitch knows a little right now. But I'm about to declare some things right now. I'm about to in your ignorance. In, in my your, ignorance. In your sheer ignorance. I am acknowledging my ignorance in theater. And I'm about to declare that I don't think Halifax has ever seen a play like this before. And I think that everywhere needs a play like this. Um, yeah. Especially in like rural communities. like Or, or not. Or, yeah, or both. Like, rural communities, urban, like, just this play needs to be seen more. And it was so fucking... Uh, I'm sorry. I just realized that I'm totally bombarding your first thoughts. That's okay. 
keep are you, going. Are you okay? Do you going. consent to this? <laughs> uh, you should probably be asking that question before you start something. I'm so sorry. What does my body language tell you? <laughs> it's fine. Okay. Totally it fine. looks like it's telling me you want me to keep going. I let if you need me to verbally clarify. Please that for verbally you. clarify. Give uh, me your we verbal should consent. So not be joking about consent. That's I am not joking. Terrible thing. I said we, oh. we collectively, we. But anyway, because consent matters. So it yes, totally continue. Um, even though that was really funny, that was totally a perfect example of consent. I just want to put that out there: verbal <laughs> consent. Um, when I looked around the audience, first of all, the lieutenant fucking governor general was there, right. which I had no idea about. He's got to be like in his maybe perhaps seventies. His not, his wife was there. She was probably around the same age. Sweet she looked as pie, hot as fuck, total gilf. Okay, total that, gilf. That went a different way. Yeah, but come on, I did like her. Um, she had suit a, thing. She, yeah, she her suit thing. She was looking pretty. She was pulling she a look. Tight. She was pulling a look. Pulling a look. Um, pulling a look. Oh my god. Um, but I looked around in the audience. I was during intermission, and I see the lieutenant governor general. I see quite a few other people there who are perhaps in their late forties, fifties. I see uh, people around our age, and then I look behind me, and I see um, a man and a woman with uh, their child, and the child looked to be like a teenager, perhaps a preteen, and I was just. I was just so happy that we are in this day and age where we are sitting here watching this kind of play mm. and there's this type of audience sitting together and we're all laughing and I just burped and appreciating it and looking at this giant dick and then hearing these difficult conversations about non-binary and genders and and about and like the pronoun the pro- and, and the problem with like um, feminism. What is that hum? I can totally hear it on the mic. Fuck! Brain. Brain is slowing down. I feel like that melted our brains, whatever that loud humming was. Loud, loud humming. I don't even know. Okay, here's a better question. Yeah. Had we not talked to Ellen beforehand, do you think you would have been surprised? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Because when you're looking at the posters... You are thinking, okay, it's just going to be like a cute, fluffy, a cute, like fluffy play about sex toys and feminism, and because that's what it says. It says feminism on the poster, but when you actually sat down, yes, there was a lot of hilarious moments. Oh my god, so yes, funny. there was I a laughed. giant dildo. I laughed really hard. Yes, there was a ton of vibrators and awesome jokes about lube and this, that, and the other, and. You know, because it is set in a rural town, so you have this rural mentality coming up against this character who has a master's degree in human sexuality. So there's going to be some, like, amazing sort of idios, you know, what's that word? Synchronicity. No, that's not the fucking word. Close enough. Close and fucking enough. But there's all these gorgeous little nuggets of hilarity and puns and... But then beside like... Then when you get to the act two, that's when you got like to the real juicy mm. bits. And I was looking around the audience when we were kind of, when we, the conversations were getting a little bit more difficult. And I was like, just thinking to myself, yes, yes, fuck yes. 
Because all these people who are sitting here are going to go home tonight and they're going to tell their friends about what they learned. They're going to tell their family about what they learned. We hope. And they're going to inspire, hopefully, they're going to inspire these conversations to come up mm. about sexuality in all its different forms. Mm. So one of the conversations or, or that happens within the play, which I it's kind of the thing that we keep coming back to, which is incredibly important, is a conversation about calling out your friends mm. or being called out. And the natural, what are often, what are words, sorry friends, often our response when we're being called out is to be defensive. Yeah. And... To feel like a moment of joy is being taken from us when we've been called out for not being inclusive. And I for sure have felt this before in my life or have had this mentality of, well, why are you raining on my parade? Right? And what I loved about this is not only is it navigating the, the conversation about having the courage to call out individuals which mm-hmm. are in your circle especially those close friends uh, and holding them accountable but also the process of of being able to do some fucking damage control when you do have that moment of like oh I'm defending or feel like I have something to defend because internally I'm feeling all of this like unresolved guilt that I don't know how to deal with in mm-hmm. addressing my own fucking racism and systemic bullshit that I have coded in me mm-hmm. that I am not ready to to release or deal with. So I loved that that was part of the conversation mm-hmm. um, because that is something that I'm actively and have actively been striving to, to better for myself and also especially in raising the mm-hmm. next generation of yeah. kids in hopefully having two kids who are super inclusive and just aren't racist assholes mm. or gender phobic douchebags and fucking ignorant ignorant dicks yeah so and I fuck up all the time on the fucking regular mm-hmm. on the fucking regular fuck up fall short um stumble over my words, just shit all over it, mm-hmm. just shit all over it. But the more that we're having these conversations and the more that we're put in situations where this topic and tough shit is brought up, mm-hmm. the more that it's coming to the forefront of our brain where we can kind of go, ooh, maybe I shouldn't have said that mm-hmm. or maybe I can use different language. Or maybe I can broaden my horizons so that more people feel welcome in this space, in this conversation, in this establishment, in this podcast, in this whatever. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Kind yeah. of all said. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> no, it was. Thank you. Considering it's almost midnight. <laughs> Fuck, friend. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's... I. It felt slow going in the beginning for me. But I think it's because I was waiting for the tougher stuff. Mm. Like, I think because I knew it was coming, I was like, oh, this is too easy. Mm. Um, still delightful. Oh, yeah. But I was, I think I was actively looking for more than just delightful. So that's why the beginning felt a little slow for me. But then we came in hot and heavy with act two. Oh. Mm. Oh. And I was like, I'm here for it. I'm here for this. 
<laughs> but yeah, I would 100% like go again. Yeah, ditto. And I would 100% recommend that everyone go. Mm-hmm. If your mother is willing, oh if your God, grandmother, oh yes, if yeah. your grandmother is willing, what did willing? Ellen say? She said the direct. <gasps> no, who said so Rose? Rose, the actress who plays Rose, who is the, I guess, senior mm-hmm. woman in the show. Um, she is bringing her mom and a bus full of her mom's nursing home friends yes. to come and see the show yes. which is really that is exciting. amazing I, I i wanted to ask her and i totally forgot like what night they're oh, right going. i was like i want to be there for that yeah like i want to see all those women show up and like on the fucking bus like oh my god right, turning their hearing aids up yes. and making sure they yes. can hear it and get one of the little flags and yeah yes. it would be delightful how amazing is that Right. You know, I really want to bring my own mom because, like, I was sitting there and watching. I was thinking, oh, my God, she would love this. She would love this because there's been so many times um, in the play between Rose and the main uh, lead, uh, Leah, the conversations that they were having were sort of reminiscent sometimes of the conversations my mom would sometimes have. I mean, my mom is in no way that religious or that, you know, prudish, but there have been definitely times in our relationship where I've looked at her and I've been like, okay, right. Yeah. You're from a totally different generation. And like, I think in the, one of the lines in the play Rose, she was saying how she never liked the word pussy. Mm. And that's an exact conversation I had with my mom. Yes. Exact. Um, so yeah, I think it would be a one, like just a wonderful play to bring your mother to if you are willing and if she's willing, if you both consent to it, fuck yeah. <laughs> right? Like. What about your dad? Your dad. Just, yeah, honestly. Yeah. Maybe I'll get my mom and dad to come up to the city. I wonder how long it's going to be on for. Two weeks. Two weeks. I wonder if I can make that work. Two weeks, two weeks. So if you're listening to this and you're looking for a fun night out, go to Pleasureville. Mm-hmm. Go to fucking Pleasureville. Go to Pleasureville. Uh, it really was a delightful night out. It was yeah. super fun. I laughed really fucking hard, which I have not laughed at things in a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me. I'm just belching. It's delicious. <laughs> But yeah, I would 100% go. I would 100% recommend people go and check it out. Uh, the other thing that was really cool were all of the props that they had, which I think mm. we've mentioned 100 times. Uh, even more fun is we actually had to borrow some of these props, yeah. courtesy of Venus Envy. Uh, so Amazing. we're doing a Pop Explosion show October 27? 26th. 26th, October 26th doing a show at the Carlton between 5 and 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. with Pop Explosion. We've got 20 minutes. We've got 20 minutes, and we are going to have props from Venus Envy. And what's even more fun is some of these props are actually in the show. Yeah. So if you want to, like, go and guess which props <laughs> we might be using for our live show, go to Pleasureville yeah. and uh, creep all the props that they have on stage and see if you can maybe guess because yeah. it's really exciting. Yeah, um, just reading it here. It's on from October 1st to October 20th. Um, and yeah, it's at Neptune here in Halifax. Half sex toy gag, half feminist debate. Fucking awesome. Yeah. So fucking good. Yep. 
well done, Ellen. And Ellen is like, I mean, obviously everyone will have heard the interview, but we saw her again tonight and she is just so awesome. And I really want to go to Portugal with her and her boyfriend. <laughs> Not really, but I kind of. <laughs> but I just want to go to Portugal. I feel that. <laughs> Let's just do a retreat in Portugal. Yes! Yes! Yes, Ellen, come to the retreat in Portugal. Yes, everybody. Thank you so, so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you're not already following us, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Momgasm Podcast. If you're one of our loyal, loving, luscious listeners and you want a little bit more of what we've got to offer, find us on Patreon. Here we give out bloopers, snail mail, some merch, and so much fucking more. You just head to the link in our description. If you have a question for us, like for our next Q&A episode, we would love to hear from you. You can email us anything you want about any topic at momgasmpodcast at gmail.com. And please do not forget to like, subscribe, review, and share our episodes. We appreciate it so much and it helps get the good word out. And that's it. That's all we got for you. Catch you next week. Bye.